Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode is great. You are in for a real treat today. I sit down with comedian Vicky Delirious and we have an absolutely wonderful natter. Um... Vicky's super open, honest, funny, charismatic, chatty, and yeah, it's a real relaxed, fun chat, this one, and uh, I think you're going to love it. Before we get on with the chat, uh, a few thank yous. Biggest thanks always go to you, lovely lot, for listening uh, and supporting Off The Beaten Track. Um, thank you so much. Like We're 450 episodes in there and uh, showing no signs of slowing down either. Got some amazing episodes uh, coming your way soon, if not out already. Um, great chats with Interpol. Um, Aha, have been a recent gig. Uh, it's impossible to not do some kind of Coogan-esque impression when you do that. Um, did you catch the uh, episode with uh, Danny McNamara of Embrace? Uh, had some lovely feedback on that. Um, and if it is your first time listening, you've missed some absolute belters as well. Because, as I said, 450 in, like, you know, we, we talk a lot of metal today. And if you like your metal, you can catch me talking to some real rock royalty. Um, I've had Tommy Lee from Motley Crue on. I've had uh, Foo Fighters on. Um, Papa Roach, Mastodon, um, L, uh, Rue Reynolds, uh, Raul Reynolds, sorry, Raul like cow, uh, Raul Reynolds, uh, from Enna Shikari, uh, was, a, oh, one of my faves as well. What a top lad, uh, Raul is, um, God, yeah, I've had some, some good noisy people on and, uh, and, and they're all to be explored for free in the back catalogue. Um, I'd like to thank 76 for producing this podcast, um, and I'd love to thank uh, me homie Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. There's some great podcasts available over there for free, uh, including the new podcast. Um, the first series is finished now, so I say it's new. It's probably old now. Uh, called Tell Me About It, um, which is hosted by myself and Pip. Uh, and we have some real lovely long-form conversations, as is the case today. A lovely long-form natter. It was one of them great chats where sort of 15 minutes nattering before we even press record, like, I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. Like, instantly felt at ease. And uh, and it was just a really, uh, as you're about to find out, um, fix really easy uh, to chat to. And, uh, and we had a big old natter afterwards as well and uh, put the world to rights and everything. And uh, so, yeah, you're about to hear a really good pod natter. Um if you'd like to support the podcast, then there's loads of ways you can do it. 
you can nudge your mate and go check out this this guy from Essex with a lisp uh, who, who chats to like amazing creative people about records. You can do that. Uh, if you see us on the socials, uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can give us a like, a little love, a share, a retweet. Some of that would be nice. And if you're feeling really generous, um, you can support um, my Patreon, which is a dollar a month. That's 80p a month, so what, 20p a week? Uh, And for that, you get to watch all the episodes uh, ad-free. You get access to loads of radio shows, playlists, uh, a back catalogue of hundreds of hundreds of never-released shows. Um, And essentially, that dollar a month goes in the pot to to pay 76 and and cover the production to keep you um, going with your two episodes I put out each week for free. I'm sure if you know anything about, uh, you know, podcasting, you'd be aware that to to constantly put two episodes out each week, it's uh, it's a bit of work. So, uh, yeah, and to then also keep you up to speed with radio shows and stuff like that is, uh, I I say work, it's a passion project. I absolutely love doing this. Um, But, yeah. If you want to get access to more stuff and you want to uh, be generous and support the podcast, then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. Or your one-stop shop for everything you need to know is off the beat and track podcast.com. Anyway, let's get on with the good stuff. Please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the wonderful Vicky Delirious. Sorry, ladies and gents, I've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. That's right. Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, and one way that I can kind of help them is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there. But some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favourite spirits and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magic-y stuff to it. So you can get like... Uh, my favourite's the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Joining me today, Vicky, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. We've done a big fake hello there, like we haven't just been having the most <laughs> surreal conversation for the last 20 minutes about schoolgate mums uh, and sex playlists. So, uh... I know, it was a brilliant chat. <laughs> That's probably more interested in the next whatever we talk about now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm confident that you've got some some good picks. I reckon we'll oh. have a we'll have a good natter. So well let's let's jump straight in and and I'm gonna ask you f- for track one to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Well, I didn't have to think about this too much because this song yeah, it just I don't know why it makes me happy, because it's quite angry, but <laughs> it's surfacing by <we're> slipknot. <laughs> Definitely the most angriest 
pick for track one I've ever had. <laughs> pretty. Do you know what? Angry. I love it. it goes, doo, 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 and then it goes, fuck you all. And I'm, I love it. It just, <laughs> it just, it makes me really happy, which, okay, I, I do comedy, so that probably says a <laughs> So, in regards to intro, like, yeah. do you, when you get an opportunity, I know when I spoke to comedians before, some, some shows you get to pick some walkout music, some you yeah, don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you got walkout songs? Yeah, I um, I did. I know we um, weirdly before we start recording, we were talking about Motley Crue. Mm. Um, but I did walk out to kickstart my heart because I did. Uh, one of my friends was doing an hour like preview show, and I was emceeing it, uh, and it was in a strip club. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> Um, but it was quite a long walkout, and it's quite a nice intro to walk out and get everyone because I just walked through going, Wah! and um, that was a good intro. But um, most of the time, it's like Rob, Rob Zombie, Scum of the Earth. I like to walk out to that, just like, just this is what you're getting into. Like, I feel like it says, <laughs> I'm scum, yeah. like, you're about to hear some scummy stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Set the bar high, Vic. Go on, yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm not scummy, I promise, but I just think, oh, let's just, you know, go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm really, really excited to talk about metal. As I mentioned to you, like, I spoke to some, some, I'm sure what metal bands have had, like Mastodon. Uh, yeah, uh, I listened to that. <laughs> uh, oh, God, uh, the guy from, one of the guys from Papa Roach, I don't know, is that metal? Is, I don't know if that's metal. That's yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's a bit more rock, isn't it? Yeah, but, but uh, we'll go with it. But yeah, and so it, it, I haven't really had sort of huge chats about metal and it's it's something that gets played in my club and it's something that has always been there uh, 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 for, for me. Not as a, as a huge fan, but there's there's certain metal acts that I'm pretty obsessed with. Uh, and, and so I'm kind of like really excited to get an opportunity to, to chat metal. So this... Yeah. Uh, this should be a good a good natter. Um, first of all, just on Slipknot, like when Slipknot kind of broke through so that would have been what was Slipknot maybe 2000s 2000s yeah proper breakthrough yeah like tell me about the impact that had on you because there was like I, I guess you'd, you'd already had I don't know if we were allowed to talk about Marilyn Manson anymore Is it, has he been cancelled do you know what this is a weird thing I've got a hoodie and, I'm, and I've also got a dress that it was uh, it's like a collaboration with Killstar which is a clothing and I was just I'm scared to wear it out now because <laughs> so I'm like am I allowed to wear it like, I might get shot <laughs> like, I don't know thing, it's like yeah I think like I've not heard him mentioned for a while I know there were some pretty no. grotty accusations made against him yeah. so uh, we'll park him up but I do remember yeah. <laughs> park him up on the side <laughs> <laughs> I did get um, like I, I remember just through the club, like just watching the young people, like react to, to Marilyn Manson. I'm talking when he broke through, just that yeah. shock thing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel he was doing anything the Nine Inch Nails hadn't done, but the visual and like how yeah. he looked and the stage yeah. show was like that's that's punk. That's going to shock your mum and dad. You know, that's yeah. going to be that. What's this? Who's this idiot? What? What's this racket? And like. And then I felt that Slipknot took it to an even more visual level. And, yep. and it was scary. And it was like, I mean, masks in their very essence are pretty odd because you don't know what who they are and what's no. going on. <laughs> and just tell me about, like, was you already a metal fan when Slipknot dropped? No. I, oh, this is, I'm going to give you my whole embarrassing backstory now. <laughs> 
so I should, I'll just go back to when I was nine because I think this is the only way to explain it. So when I was nine, I, I started like amateur dramatics. Um, so musical theatre was a big thing, pop music, boy bands. Um, I was also a freestyle, freestyle disco dancer competitor, but that's another story. <laughs> Another comedian that has been on here, Jade Adams, was a freestyle disco dancing champion. I did not, I did not know that. There you go. Jade's now on Strictly. She's on the oh, next series of Strictly. Oh, 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 so on the back of my door, um, my mum and dad are moving. So they're downsizing. So they're, I didn't realise they still got my disco dancing costume. They gave it to me and it's hanging on the back of my living room door in a suit. It's like a, a case at the moment. Have you, have you slung it on? Pardon? I should. Thought? I was going to wear it. I was going to wear it. That would be great. I could show you a picture of me when I was fifteen wearing it, but <laughs> it's just awful. Wonderful. But I was. I kind of. Um, I mean, I won't go too far because this will ruin like um, the. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the options, but yeah, I. I was into boy bands and pop, but my sister's seven years older than me. Ah, right. He started kind of. She was into Nine Inch Nails and stuff, and um, her boyfriend, well, now her husband, like he's my brother-in-law. They've been together years, but he lived with us for a little bit, like with our mom and dad. And he had like a CD. He bought a CD cabinet, and I remember when they were out, I like nicked the CDs. And and my dad would also. He, my dad was random because my dad wasn't really a metalhead, but he had like Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion One and Two album, and <laughs> and Motorhead. Yeah. Um, which in later years, like, well, when we still lived, like, when I was 16, 17 hangovers, he put that on really loud. <laughs> just, just to go, serves you right, Pamela. Love it. <laughs> um, but he's not really into that. Um, but he, he had some kind of connection to it, I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, metal, I kind of got into in my 20s and mid-20s. I mean, I'm, I'm 10, 40 this year. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's... It's weird because people who are like metalheads and they find out how old I am, especially if they're my age or older, they're like, oh, my, you must have been like into these bands when they were in the 90s. And I'm like, not at all. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit and go, yeah, I loved all this music all my life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't. It's, but Slipknot were probably, I wouldn't say one of the, they were the first heaviest band I really yeah. got into. Um I remember listening to Hole a lot when I was about 19. They kind of, I remember I was at a house party and someone was playing um, the song Violet by Hole and I was just hooked by yeah. that song. Um, and like that whole grunge look and, but I didn't look like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> it took me quite a while to, I mean, if you look at pictures in my twenties, I have blonde hair, <laughs> no tattoos, <laughs> like complete opposite to what I am now. Yeah. But it, it just took me a lot longer to get to, the tastes I like now, but Slipknot were just brilliant. And I remember seeing Stone Sour, because obviously Corey Taylor funks that as well. Mm. Um, and I saw Stone Sour, I was about 26. And I, and I, they're not really, really heavy like Slipknot, but I was mesmerised. There was just, I love, I started going to gigs then and it was brilliant. That's so <laughs> mad to kind of get to, to your 20s and then sort of them find your sort of musical tribe. That's really yeah. interesting. Well, look, we'll pick back up on that, but let's yeah. go back for track yeah. two and, and tell me, uh, <laughs> yeah. please, Vic, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact. Yeah. So it's him, Heartbreak Every Moment. Oh, Heartache Every Moment. Oh, my God, I can't even say it. Um, so I know there'll be, if people know who him are, <laughs> they're, uh, they're a Finnish band, um, Bam Margera, from like I suppose skateboarder yep. slash jackass star. He um 
he kind of, I think he kind of introduced, if you're a fan of him, of like a BAM, <laughs> you knew who him were. Yeah. And that's how I got into it. And people, again, like people are snobby about that because they're like, are you any like them because of BAM? And it's like, yes, yes, I do. I'm, but, I'm not going to. But how do you find out about music? Someone exactly. introduces you to something, then yeah. great, right? <laughs> I met Bam in 2017 and told him, I, I thanked him. I went, they've like become, they, they've been a big influence. I've seen them, I saw them on their farewell tour and that was like the ninth time I'd seen them. And they're not really heavy. They're kind of doom and yeah. <laughs> not about love and hike. <laughs> but that song, it's just, it's got me through breakups <laughs> and <laughs> I've cried about it. <laughs> and it's like, if you've had a bad relationship, you listen to the lyrics and it's, it's like, yeah, it is heartache every moment. Like, it wasn't working. <laughs> you make me miserable. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about me and Bam. Bam. Do you know what? So I went to see the Bam CKY, which is Brothers the Drummer, Jess Margera. Um, I'd wanted to see them in my early 20s because mm-hmm. that was when I kind of, kind of going back, I moved into a shared house. It was when I moved out of my parents for the first time and I shared a house with four girls just, uh, you know, side note, if you're young, don't ever share a girl, uh, share a house with all girls because it's a nightmare. But <laughs> just bitches. But there was a girl, I remember there were two girls, they were quite alternative at the time. And I was trying, I was like, oh, I just want a little taste, but I'm still musical theatre and a little bit poppy. <laughs> I don't know who I am yet. And she was like, oh, have you seen these skits? Um, oh, I was like, Bam Margera's a skateboarder. And I'm like, who's this? And then I saw a video and I'm like that. Mm, he's nice. I like skateboarders now. <laughs> but um, so, and they obviously the band CK were really big, but in 2017, they played in Portsmouth. And I was like, I'm going, I've never seen them. And I'm like, this is, this is my 23-year-old self's going to go mental. Um, and waiting for them to come on. I can't remember who sport band were. Sorry, sport band. And then suddenly, Bam came on to introduce CKY. I mean, this small venue just went insane. Like, there is actually a video of me. Well, you can't see me, but you can hear me screaming like a 14-year-old girl when he comes on stage. I was 35 years old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah! I'm on the, in the front row. Afterwards, I didn't want to, there was a lot of like people younger and I kept thinking, wasn't being snobby, but they're going, oh, bam, bam, when are you coming out, come outside. And I was like, you were probably about five <laughs> when he was skateboarding. Last. But anyway, they eventually like came out and I thought, oh, I want to speak to him, but I can't because like, I'm... I'm a twat, basically. Like, I'm <laughs> just a bit like I'm. I'm still a little like a teenage fat girl, like <laughs> inside. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to want to talk to me. But like, I thought, no, I'm a 35 year old woman. Just go over and say hello. And I did. And he was really nice. He was really shy. He was kind of like I just went. Oh, I kind of in my head. I thought I was saying quite calmly. I've been a fan for 15 years. I just think you're great. Um, but it was very breathy. It came out, oh, I've just been a, been a fan 15 years and I have a photo. <laughs> oh, went, wonderful. He went, oh, oh thanks, thanks. And he, like, he he kind of looks at the ground. He doesn't really look at you. But I've got a photo of me and him. And um, I mean, we're Facebook friends. You go through my profile pictures, you'll see it. But he's got his hand on my bum and I was really chuffed about <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry to his wife, but his hand was on my bum. <laughs> Wonderful. I saw I saw that tour. Uh, they played the Underworld in Camden on that tour. Yeah. And uh, 
and and I, I went with my mate uh, who was a, a huge Bam fan. And, yeah. And uh, like most people, I, I was kind of a big fan of Jackass, and and yeah. I, 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 I was a big skater. But when I, you know, in the nineties, but uh, bad, I didn't meet you then. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, you would have been doing your freeform disco jazz. <laughs> you were like nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> All right, well, look, let's stay in the formative Sorry. years, uh, Vic, and I'm going to ask you for track three to tell me yeah. the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. So it's no doubt just a girl. Um, and the reason I picked this, I was when I saw this question and uh, I thought, oh, I can't, I, I, boy bands, yeah, I like boy bands. I was a massive Take That fan at 12. But this was quite significant. Um, so Don't Speak had come out by No Doubt, and obviously everyone knows that song. Um, but I bought the album Tragic Kingdom, but I remember this song. I don't know if you remember that when we had cable, <laughs> there was a channel called The Box, yep. and it was a request music show. Mm-hmm. And you get on your landline. <laughs> I don't know how much it was a minute, but then you had to put the number in, and then you'd have to sit and wait maybe all day to get the song. But this was quite popular at the time, and I just remember seeing Gwen Stefani and she had like ponytail with a victory roll in her hair, like the twist in case anyone don't know what it is. <laughs> and like just her style was just, yeah. for me, I was like, wow, she's amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, it took me again, it took me probably to my early thirties to get to the style I liked or it was kind of, I went really rockabilly at one point <laughs> and then really goth for a little bit. And, but then I realized, oh, I could put it all together yeah. <laughs> in some ways. But I think that's why it was so significant. I just thought, wow, this woman's just like, she wears what she likes and she looks amazing. Yeah. And I, her style, I was just. In- one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST awe of her and especially that video because everyone was like I don't remember that song I just know like don't speak and I'm like oh you should listen to just a girl you know what you like when you're a teenager you're like how do you not know this (laughs) (laughs) but what's interesting is it's like you mentioned Courtney Love and 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 just being you know floating around the 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 alternative music scene then and and seeing you know there was a a really great female role models in music there being Courtney 
uh, um, Bjork, uh, Tori Amos. There were so many. PJ Harvey were, were all making amazing music in the early nineties, and yep. and you'd see people that were influenced by Courtney Love and 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 the way that they dress. But the impact I think that Gwen Stefani had, yeah, like you could see it in in the fashion that girls were, were wearing. It was like yeah. it was so instant, and and I mean she's still like. You know, all of the, the, the this kind of solo music and stuff, like, she's just got such a striking image. And it's, it's yeah. you know, it's still, you know, very influential on on, on kind of, I guess, the, the you know, it, I, I suppose she's even sort of more sort of pop now than anything. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, incredible. And, yeah, um, and just a girl, what a tune. Yeah, oh, I love, I honestly love it. It just does remind me of being 14, 15. Yeah. And I was kind of, I was still doing all my disco dance and average dramatics, but I, I was I was really into boys, even though boys weren't into me because I was chubby. <laughs> like, I didn't care. I was I was just one of the little fat kids, like, but I, I went for it. <laughs> I don't know how I got snogs when I was a teenager, but I did. <laughs> Personality came through. <laughs> but... Yeah, she was, but it took me so long. I mean, the only thing I didn't like even then was the, um, there was the skirt trouser combo that was in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But she, yeah, and I never liked that. I, never, I just never got that. But um, but anything else she wore, even now, like you'll see her some days and she's like in trackies. You'll see photos of trackies and a jumper yeah. and a trucker cap. And the next thing she's got like a sparkly dress on and you're like, you're amazing. Yeah, like, Absolutely. But that whole album, Tragic Kingdom, to me, like even like Don't Speak's not even one of my favourite songs, like Spiderwebs, I love that, but Just a Go I think was more significant just because it was the video I kept seeing and I'm yeah. like, wow, I want a victory roll in my hair and I want to dress like that. But I'm and then there was me also going, Oh, you're too fat to dress like that. So it's just it's so sad. It's teen teenagers, that's what you oh, like. No, don't. I remember just like <clears throat> desperately kind of one in the dress, like lots of my, my, my kind of favourite pop stars. And like, I remember just getting this shirt because I thought like, I wanted to look like um, Dave Garn from Depeche Mode. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for this, this shirt. And he obviously probably had some incredible black designer shirt on that was tailored to fit him and accentuate every shape about yeah. him. And these, he had these incredible kind of like black, almost like boot cut flare type jeans on. And he just looked so fucking cool. And I remember buying this shirt, and I was a tubby kid, uh, and putting it on, and like my jeans were shit, uh, <laughs> and my t and me and me shirt, it had that thing where the button, like about the third button down, yeah, like I imagine it's probably problematic for women, but it's also <laughs> problematic if you've got kind of like a moob based chest, and uh, and so it was that thing where it'd kind of like pop open and just ex- <laughs> yeah. expose one moob. Like Dave Garn never had that problem, but no. uh, <laughs> his fashion no, sense didn't extend to uh, to tubby lads in uh, in Essex. I just remember like with Gwen Stefani, obviously she had crop top. I remember like just a girl. She like I think they're I want to call them trackies, but she had like some blue trousers on with striped down, and she yeah. had a crop top on. And I didn't have I didn't have the stomach for a crop top. I mean I don't really now, but I wear them. I'm like sod your all. I don't care. <laughs> I'll wear what I like. You can see my mum tum, I don't care. And, <laughs> but I realise as I like, as you get older, you realise every she's got a very different figure to me. Like even if I'm I go to the gym, but I got curves and I'm like, 
I don't have her figure. <laughs> so I'm like high-waisted trousers and crop tops. That's where I go. Yeah. Not hipsters. I can't do hipsters. I think like she can. <laughs> That's the thing. Gwen Stefani's generally going to look good in anything because essentially she looks like a classic Hollywood star, doesn't she? Yeah. She's just absolutely, you know, if you had to design a Hollywood star, it would yeah. look like her. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and I think like it's it's weird, isn't it? It's like I look at things. I saw some some photos the other day of um, a fella that owned a club that I know, and uh, and he got married in this like a, a, on a beach somewhere, and he had like white trousers on, and he just wore a white waistcoat. That was it. Nothing underneath it, and he looked fucking incredible. And I was like, oh my god, he's got in, like really yeah. good hair. And I just thought, oh my god, that looks amazing! Like, what, a, what a really powerful look. Then I just thought, oh my god, how fucking terrible would I look in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good thing I got from Gwen Stefani is I wore red lipstick for about probably sixteen, seventeen, all the time, and like white eyeshadow was quite a big thing then. Like, and <laughs> um, but red lipstick even to this day. Obviously, I don't know what to say, but I wear red lipstick all the time because of Gwen Stefani. And like, even at forty years old, I'm like, love it. The reason I wear red lipstick, and I love it. And luckily, it suits me. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Took Thanks, it with Gwen. you. Oh, that's so good. Well, <laughs> Vic, tell me about school. Like, how was it? Oh. It wasn't, it was really funny. I had a conversation with my mum two years ago about this because I didn't think it was that bad, but I was called, I was called fat or abbreviation to that for a good like most of my school life. But I look at some of the photos from school and I'm like, I wasn't that fat. There was fatter people. <laughs> that sounds awful. I, I think that I threw, because I threw myself into amateur dramatics and that I didn't, I did all right. But because I was, hold on for this, so, I found humour was, it made boys laugh. <laughs> and, yeah. and so that's, I was always like in with the boys and with the lads at school. Um, and I think that made my time less miserable. But my mum said to me, she went, you came home crying most days because people had, I hate to say bullied, but it is when they're calling you names. There was no physical bullying. But I got through it. Luckily, I remember, there's one memory I have, I think I was about 12, I had a crush on someone in my tutor group and we had music class and we were standing around a piano. I couldn't remember what we were singing, but I was kind of, my music teacher was there and I was standing kind of just behind her and I started to remember bobbing up and down and my crush cracked up and I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and um, weirdly, I saw him on Good Friday this year, but that's... <laughs> And he smelled exactly the same. He gave me a hug, but that's still. I love the fact he's still wearing curos. It's amazing. <laughs> and he's still like he wore like they're not um they weren't like rugby tops with a team on you know like the rugby tops with like a white collar yeah. long sleeves. And he still wears them, and he wore them at twelve. And I saw him like what in April. I was uh, sounds bad. I was sitting in a park um getting drunk with my friends. Oh, I'm forty years old, but <laughs> I was on my way to a bar, but. Um, yeah, he walked past and he went Vic, and I'm like, oh my god, it's oh I don't know what I was gonna say his name, I better not. And <laughs> he was with his missus, and uh he just gave me this massive hug, and I'm like, oh my god, you smell exactly the same as when you did when I was 12. I told him that it came out. I don't my filter is sometimes and between my mouth and my brain and my mouth, it just goes. <laughs> and he had the same style shirt on. Yeah. I mean that's fucking grand dog day, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> 
mental. He looks exactly the same. He hasn't changed. Like, same hair. Just, he's not changed one bit. Wow. Just looks a bit older. That was it. So do but I don't fancy him now. I'm like, oh, this is not my type at all. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you touched on, like, the amateur dramatics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and And that kind of that sort of classic defence mechanism of, of, of a bit of comedy. Yeah. Um, was, you, was you confident? I faked it a lot. Yeah. I, I think I was loud. Obviously, that's not really changed that much. But um, because I was loud and because... But I wasn't. I was really insecure. I mean, I still am. That's why I do comedy. But <laughs> just... <laughs> it's... <sighs> No, I wasn't. I just faked it, and yeah. I was good at faking it. I was good at, like, faking the confidence. And sometimes faking it for so long, it just came out without thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, but school also, it was, like, really weird. Like, I wasn't really popular, but I'd get invited to the popular boys' parties, and I never understood that. But, it, yeah, it was weirdly a lot of people who I was so-called friends with were actually the ones making me cry and calling me. I remember... I do remember she was supposed to, weirdly, I'm friends with her on Facebook now, but she was horrible to me at one PE lesson. Like, we had to do a balancing thing where, like, this is going to sound dodgy, this was the 90s, but, like, your friend was, like, one of you was on all fours, and then you had to balance, like, like a plank on top of them. <laughs> 90s school, PE, brilliant. Um, and I remember her saying, oh, my God, you're going to break her back. I always remember that. That was awful. Yeah. But, I mean, she's cool now. <laughs> she's fine. But um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm like, I, the people who have called me fat at school, I see them now and they are huge. <laughs> They've put on weight. And there's a part of me even now thinking I should be over this by now, but I'm really smug about this. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? How, like I mentioned before we started recording, that I've been to a school reunion and, and it is strange that some people, like, I was just a classic in-betweener at school. Like, I, I was, you know, I was not one of the cool <laughs> guys. And 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 I think that when you speak to some of the people that were the, the, the cool kids at school, like, yeah. it feels to me that, like, that they are still, I, I know it sort of sounds a bit similar to what you just said about that guy you saw, but like they are still living that moment. They are yeah. still when they see their old friends, they're still just like feel that there's an, an elitism about, yeah. you know, the way. And and I find that you know, like I say, I'm like 50 next year, and it's like fucking hell. I left school like 35 years ago, and yeah. and it's weird how ingrained like a mindset can be, and and yeah. how you carry yourself is formed at such a, a you know, <laughs> and it is a, and it is a kind of crucial age. But to to sort of carry that and and it is, and it is strange. And I, I do think I'm going to throw it out there now. But I do yeah. think it's important, like that. If I think if you discover something like alternative music or an alternative yeah. lifestyle, and as as much as that is mainstream in its own world, like I definitely think it, it's there for you know more creative minds you know whether yeah. that be comedy music acting yeah. you know whatever and I, I think that it does then give you a path to something different yeah and rather than like you know and there's nothing wrong with you know going and getting a a, a solid job in a solid industry but yeah. 
I do think that there's there's something to be said for for following a creative path and yeah I don't really know where I'm going with it but I'll tell you what I like um so I'll see people if I bump into people from school it's not all the time but so my parents still live like live where we where I grew up so I do bump into them and I see people um and they've seen like I mean I'm not a professional established comedian but I've got a pro page that I just on Facebook and some of them follow it and they're like in awe of it and they're like I can't believe it's amazing what you're doing and like yeah, there's even some who are really clever at school and who have got they've got they've bought a house they've got their shit together <laughs> like their their life they've got no money troubles and they're like my god you're just doing amazing things I'm like I don't have a pot to piss in most of the time but I don't say that to them <laughs> but it's really nice they're like, oh, we always knew you'd be doing something like this. Or, But through my 20s, I wasn't performing whatsoever. So I had a good decade gap of not knowing what I wanted to do. But How, it's, how it's was that? Horrible. I kind of, this is going to sound, oh, I'll just be honest. So because I want to say like my life has just been kind of boys, <laughs> just because Boys didn't really fancy me at school. And then when I got to like 17, 18, my puppy fat went into curves and then I was getting attention. Um, I didn't turn into a raging slut or anything, just <laughs> I was getting more attention. And I had like two relationships in my 20s that I shouldn't have had. I just kind of stuck with them. And they, I don't want to say they're boring, they weren't horrible people, but I wasn't me. And I remember the guy I was with for most of my 20, like good six years of my 20s. I remember. I like put um, black nail varnish on and I had a beanie and I just had like, I just, I was a bit, I was a bit like Philip Valo, um, the lead singer of him. Like that was the kind of look and that was, I was 24. And I always remember he just, oh God, you've gone all goth. So I just, I kind of just went, oh, I'm going to be some, I'll just be the person you want me to be then. And it was sad. That was just, I think that was my confidence. Um, but I, I got out of that. <laughs> like just, yeah. it's, it's weird. I'd hate to say that boys kind of veered me off, but I think that was unfortunately the whole chubby thing at school. And then suddenly I was getting attention. Um, but then I look, I look at my exes and go, oh, because the blokes I go for now are very different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I tattooed a dad bod bid. <laughs> I'm very cliche when it comes to. <laughs> Tell me about confidence now, because. You do stand-up comedy, and uh, for me, like you know, I do podcasting. I, you know, I, I've you know fronted bands, but I could not in a million years ever walk on a stage and try and make people laugh. Like, I, it's scary, terrifies me. Um, I mean, it is terrifying. I obviously had bad gigs um, where I've just people. I I had one. It was actually this year. And I'd kind of, I'd had a little break from it uh, because I uh, broke up with the father of my child. So it was like, there was just stuff going on. Um, and I'd done a gig and it had gone really well the week before. I'd done a gig in Bristol and it was pretty much the same set. And then I went to this gig and I'd already, my mindset, I saw the audience and it was just, well, they're going to hate me. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> and uh, it went really bad. Like I was supposed to do 10 minutes. I think I was just after five minutes. I was just like, this like I remember I said the word twat and there was these three women in the background going ooh and I said well I could have said I'm not going to say it. I'm going to be nice the c word yeah. and you would have been fucked <laughs> and they didn't like that and then I walked off I mean that was a bad and I mean it happens 
But weirdly now, I kind of hate because I kind of had to be navigating like being a single parent at the moment, like, and it's been quite a hard few months trying to sort that out. Um, but now I'm kind of back doing it and like people are offering me gigs and like, do you want a headline? Do you want to do this? And then I've done a couple of gigs recently and I don't want to say smashed it. It sounds arrogant, but people have laughed. Yeah, but it is, smashing it. Yeah, smashing it. They laughed. Um, and I remember like there was a couple of, I don't want to, there was a couple of guys on the local scene who they'd seen me bomb like maybe two or three times because of situations I was in at the time. And but I was trying to keep the comedy going, but it was obviously not coming across on stage because I was not myself. Um, but I kept doing it because I was like, I want to do this. This I love performing. It's a sojour. And then I, there was a gig about two or three months ago and they went, oh, my God, you're back. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, lovely. Love it. Uh, but I did. Um, so last November, I because I started, well, I want to start putting events on. I did like a comedy and music gig at Metal Bar in Southampton. And uh, it, it went really well. And uh, it was obviously very small scale. But um, I got like a local band to do the like finale, who I knew. Luckily, I was friends with them. And, yeah. But, yeah, just doing all of that as well. So because I love, I love music. And this is why I was really chuffed when he asked me to do this because I love comedy and I love music and you can't put them together. So last November, I was like, well, I'm going to put them together. Do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, people are like, I want to be on Live with the Apollo. My, my aim is I want to go in the Comedy Tenet Download Festival. <laughs> I just want the free tickets for the weekend. I just, I want to do a good set on the Thursday and then enjoy the weekend. <laughs> love it. Love That's it. That's my aim in life. <laughs> the only time I've been to, uh, to download um, was I went with... Um, me pal uh cunt and the gang and he headlined on the thursday night i think yeah before it all and yeah <laughs> and he's got a song called fuck sticks and uh <laughs> and the song goes fuck sticks mother's cunt uh, i've thrown a c-bomb in so yeah uh, that's all right I, I, <laughs> just, that just in case my mum listened to it i'll be good <laughs> <laughs> but uh he it was he then got I've never seen anything like it. And I was filming from the side of the stage and you couldn't get more people in this tent. He 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 was on before. Who's the metal, metaler looking comedian? Andrew. Andrew White. Is it Andrew White? Andrew, Andrew O'Neill, is it? Oh, Andrew O'Neill, not White. I'm thinking of yeah. someone. Oh, there is a comedian called Andrew White. Andrew O'Neill, yeah. I think. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. He was, he was about to follow uh, Cunt, and I remember just thinking, oh, mate, you've got your work cut out tonight because... He literally, it's he's it's easier because there's music as well, and yeah. and it's so pure what he does. Yeah. And he had that whole crowd. He was going right, and I think I don't know what, and but he'd got the whole crowd. He shouted "fuck sticks," and the whole he got the whole crowd to shout "Queen Mother's Cunt" uh, <laughs> back. And I reckon there was. 4,000 people there, and he was then getting all the people, he was shouting all the people outside the tent to shout it. And it was one of the most insane things I've ever witnessed and funniest things I've ever witnessed. And I remember just thinking, I do not want to go home. Like, I'm not a big, big metal fan, but I just thought, this festival is a bit of me. There's 4,000 people shouting the C word at me, mate. I don't want to go anywhere right now. (laughs) Wonderful. All right, track four. Vic, tell me the first song you bought from a record shop. Well, it technically wasn't a record shop, but it was the first vinyl single I ever bought with my pocket money at nine years old. I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you the funny story. So it was Salt and Pepper, Let's Talk About Sex. I was nine. (laughs) Um, I remember... This is a memory that is ingrained, because... um, it was Asda, or it might have been called Car Force then. Like, this is <laughs> how old we are. Um, and my mum was paying, I'd got some pocket money, and she went, you can go to, like, the, the music bills. The music bit just, like, sold all the vinyls and everything. Um, and I was like, okay. And I, I think I got, maybe for my birthday, like, a little hi-fi with a record player on. So it was the first time I had a record player. So I was like, vinyl, I need vinyl. <laughs> and... Um, I knew that, I think, I think my sister had been listening to it. So she was a teenager at this point because she's seven years older than me. Um, but I knew every word to this song. And I remember buying it and I remember running really excitedly up to my mum after she came to the shop and I went, I got one. And she just looked at me and looked at my dad and went, oh my God, <laughs> she, she's poor. Sort of pepper, let's talk about sex. I didn't know what sex was. Like, <laughs> I'd heard the word, I, but... When I, I listened to it, when um, I thought about this, I listened to it the other day about twice. And I was just like, I was singing along to this at nine, <laughs> you knowing every word, doing a little rap bit. And um, I remember my mum, I think, I remember we got home and I, one of her friends came around, like one of your unofficial aunties. <laughs> I love she, an unofficial aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you called them auntie, but you, you were like, oh, they're not actually your auntie. Yeah. Um, but I remember she like half smirked about it. She, I think she found it quite funny, but she was mortified <laughs> that a nine-year-old bought this one. Love it. <laughs> it's it's so weird when like how naive you are to to, to lyrics yeah. and stuff as as a as a kid. I remember like obviously I'm I'm old as fuck, so it was. I, I think when Relax come out, I was probably. I was relaxed, maybe 82, 83. So I would have literally been nine or 10. And I remember being in Yarmouth on holiday uh, and hearing that this record had been banned. And I was like, oh my God, I need to hear it. (laughs) And there was a jukebox. So like, I think it was 5p a song. So I put like 10p on and put it on twice. I remember just thinking, oh, this is great. (laughs) And, And I just kept listening to it. And I was like, what's wrong with this? 
why have they banned this? And like, and I was going like, Dad, like, relax, don't do it. When you like, relax when you want to come. I was like, what's, what's the problem? And like, and obviously my dad was like, oh, I don't know either. Obviously, he just thought I'm not going there with this conversation <laughs> right now with your mother in the car. Like, I do not need to be explaining that to my nine year old. But I was just absolutely. It was like, I think I probably must have been about, <laughs> I don't know, twenty four, twenty. No, probably about like thirteen, fourteen months, and it come on. I was like, where are you? Ah. Oh, um, oh, oh, God. <laughs> I remember being about the same age and there was like a school fate and um, my best friend lived next door to me at the time. And it, I think it was about nine. And we, I remember coming over, like we were walking home, skipping along, singing Like a Virgin by Madonna. And I, my friend, my best friend's mum was just, she went, do you know what virgin means? And I, I think I must have been really cocky when I was a kid because I was like, yeah. Like I had no clue. <laughs> And she went, well, Claire doesn't. So that was my friend's name. And she was like, so don't tell her. And I thought, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> oh, I love the fact so that you've just way. really given it the big one and just walked off scratch and you had thinking, what is a virgin? <laughs> no fucking idea. I didn't lose my virginity till quite late either. So like, I was nearly 18. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love I it. I knew exactly what it meant. <laughs> Right, Vic, let's go clubbing. Yes. Tell me the song that soundtracked your years in clubs. Um, I have chosen Corn Falling Away From Me. And the reason is, this was the first song I clubbed, or I clubbed to in an alternative club. Oh, and it was called... Um, and I was, I remember, I, was, I think I was about 2021. 20, so there was a club, first of all, called The Nexus, which has now been knocked down in its flats. And on a Friday, it played indie. On Saturday, it was proper metal. And my sister and my now brother-in-law used to go there. So like when I was 19, 20, I used to go there. But I used to go there on a Saturday on my own because no one would come with me because I didn't really have any. And I didn't care. I drove. I didn't even drink. I drove and there was like a multi-story next to the club. And I'd just go in and sit there again, you know, looking really out of place with my blonde hair. That's, so, that's confident. Yeah, that is. That is. Like... This is a weird thing. I used to kind of, oh, even now, people find it quite weird that I will always, if I want a pint, I'll go and I'll go to a pub on my own and have a pint. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. And I suppose, weirdly, yeah, maybe like I started that when I was about 17, 18, like, because yeah. you didn't get ID'd as much. So, like, and I looked a bit, oh, or like, I might look younger than 40 now, but people thought, because I was confident, I'd be like, yeah, pint and lager, please. <laughs> and they'd give me a pint. But, um, so I just sit there and like maybe have a like maybe one pint and like a coke and yeah I'm a pint girl I'm not like a very girly drinker but um but there was a club called the Dungeon which also well it's now a Chavy sports bar but this was this song I remember you kind of there was a bar upstairs and you went downstairs the DJ was like behind a cage <laughs> um, that's so metal yeah <laughs> and it was actually someone who I went to amateur dramatics with DJing <laughs> which was made me feel really comfortable because yeah. I was really nervous because I think I remember going in and everyone was looking at me and thinking, oh, well, you've not been here before. And and then I just remember being on the dance floor and that was the first song that I had actually danced to in an alternative venue. And and I remember seeing a couple of people from school who I remember being in quite awe of, like when they were teenagers, they were in, they were alternative, but they were obviously in the 90s, they were deemed as a bit weird because it yeah. wasn't as mainstream. Um and I remember there's a guy, um, actually, unfortunately, he, he 
he died a few years ago, which is a real sh- uh, he got knocked off his motorbike. But I remember seeing him, and we and it was a shame because I wish I'd become friends with him because he was like, "What are you doing here? I didn't think you liked this music." And but there's been a few people from school like that who were kind of in that scene that I wasn't. And they were too busy knowing I was doing amateur dramatics and stuff and disco dancing and liking my boy bands. Then they were like, hang on, why are you here? And then they're like, this is amazing. <laughs> and like, there's there's a couple of people like, well, how have we not been friends for years? Like, you, they say to me, you should have just come over to us and gone, I want to listen to the music. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you, you touched on something there that, uh, that, that you said you walked in the club and everyone was kind of looking at you. Like, mm. you don't, you know, what, what are you doing here? Like, What's what's your relationship like with imposter syndrome? I find because I'm I'm I find it it's going to sound weird. Like so, I find it quite difficult in comedy that or any situation. I don't say comedy, but I'm always nice to you. I'll say hello, how are you? Doesn't mean to say I like you, like everyone. Not everyone likes me, but I can never deal with people who make you feel unwelcome or they're impolite. So. If I see anyone who looks a bit nervous, even like at a comedy gig and they haven't, I mean, I've been doing it like on and off since 2019, but I know what it's like to go into that kind of thing, even like comedy or alternative scene and they look a bit nervous. I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> and people are a bit shocked by that as well. Cause I hate to say this, but in the alternative clubs, I like there's goths, they're just not that friendly sometimes. <laughs> and then there's me still in my amateur dramatic, I'm like, hi, I do jazz hands at you, I don't care. <laughs> But then like, uh, maybe that, that them goths, I don't know. There, there will definitely be an element of them being a little bit elitist and a little bit snobby. But yeah. then there's also probably a lot of the fact they're probably just really fucking shy as well. Like, yeah, no, I, I've, real, I've realised that as the age I am now, that when I think people have been rude, I've realised they're actually painfully shy. Yeah. I remember there was a girl I used to work with. I mean, I worked in an office for about 10 years. I hated it. <laughs> I'm not an office person. But... She, well, I had a really good conversation with her because she was never rude to me. I never thought that, but she said people didn't like her. We didn't warn her very much. Then I realised she was having counselling for severe, like, shyness and anxiety. Like, she says, I'm just so shy. And if people talk at me, I'm like, oh. She goes, but I don't have a choice with you. You just talked at me. And I was just like, I've got to talk to her. <laughs> but I, but again, with that, I find... Comedy is quite hard sometimes. You're supposed to have this really thick skin, but we're also, most of us are all really insecure people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I've, like, had... I would never name them, but I've had two comedians who have been very rude to me, and I, it really threw me. It throws me. It, I still, even now, even though I'm like, oh, fine, not everyone's going to like me, but just be polite. Just be nice. <laughs> it's really easy, isn't it? Yeah, just... Even if you don't like me, just go, oh, yeah, hi. I'm good how are you great that's it then that's the conversation done yeah but I can't stand rude people or people who will make people feel like they shouldn't be somewhere because I felt like that I never felt like that in that in that club at all that was I think that was more me and my confidence like this is I'm out of my comfort zone (laughs) like this is a place I've wanted to come (laughs) and now it's and I'm here but it did make me feel better when I realized the DJ I did I did like the musicals with before, so I felt much more at ease at that point. Oh, I love that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to yeah. take you home, Vic. Uh, yeah. Track six, favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Frank Turner, who obviously not metal, but he's a metal fan. I he was him. a metaler. 
Yeah, he was. Yes, that's true. Million Depp were pretty metal. Yeah, and um, it's reasons not to be an idiot on um, this song. And I, I absolutely love Frank Turner. I only got into him in 2013. Um, I actually went on a date with a guy who only lasted three dates, but he was a massive Frank Turner fan. And he had it playing in the car because he picked me up for this date. And he was like, this is Frank Turner. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just, I was a bit obsessed with him for a while. <laughs> but he's literally 10 miles. So I grew up in Chandler's Ford. He grew up in Winchester, which is like, I don't know, 10 miles down the road. Yeah. But, um... And it's weird because there's one song that he talks about, like a street he used to dance down, like when you get drunk. And I'm like, I've danced down that street drunk. <laughs> and I just, I love his songs, um, especially like the relationship songs, because they're so, they're so like, you're just a god, yeah, you're, you're saying how it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think he's the first, he's the first kind of artist who's sung about relationships and breakups. And it, but he, some of the songs are like, he's fucked up. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I love that honesty with his songs. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I've chosen that one. He's wonderful. <laughs> he he, he uh, really is. I, I was quite late to the party with, with, with Frank Turner as well. It was like, yeah. I, I remember, like, Million Dead played played my my little club. And and, and, and it weren't really for me. Uh, yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, Frank Turner, like he, he does this stuff that's like, it's kind of like a bit like the levelers. It's a bit Billy Bragg. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then I, I, I think I can't remember the first thing I heard. So I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. And then he done Wembley Arena, supported by Billy Bragg and Pip. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, because Pip's good friends with him. So I was like, right, okay, I need to go and check him out. If he's playing Wembley Arena, like, and, and yeah. everybody I know that mentions, Frank Turner doesn't just go, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. They fucking love Frank Turner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm seeing him for the first time live in October. Like, I've never, I had tickets um, to see him. And then I also, he did his book signing um, in Winchester. And I was like, I've got to go. But it was also my due date for having my son. And I, <laughs> I was like, mm, do I go and go into labour while I'm there? <laughs> Just like, hi, my water's have broken, Frank. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Please sign this quickly. <laughs> do you know what the annoying thing was? My son was 10 days late. So I'm oh, like, oh, fuck. I could have gone. selfish. <laughs> <laughs> you selfish bastard, son. Like, honestly, he was just... But I, I thought it was literally, I think, maybe two days before my due date. And I was just like, oh, I better not go. I'll probably go into label or something while I'm queuing up to get my books signed. Brilliant. Brilliant. I was I was really lucky that he, he, he agreed to do the podcast quite early on. And, uh, and he oh was. Oh, my God. I've so not heard this. I'm going to listen to this. Oh, he was so lovely. Like, yeah, such, he seems so normal, like just down to earth and hundred percent. And he, he tells a lovely story for, for for you and for listeners that haven't listened to that episode. Yeah, uh, about we, we talk about Canting Crows and and he talks about his love of that band and a gig where he plays one of their songs. They got a song called "Running in Baltimore" and he yeah. plays the track in Baltimore. And then what happens is incredible. And blew his mind, and so it's worth listening to the episode for that story. Okay, I'll definitely listen. <laughs> and he's super kind as well. He's just just seems like such a, a, a lovely guy. Yeah, he does. Like I've obviously like follow him on Instagram, and and I even follow his wife because she's a musician. And she's yeah. just, I'm like, oh, and I love the fact that all the songs I've listened to about his breakups, and I'm like, you found your one. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. You don't know me. He's going to be thinking if you he ever heard this, he'll never listen to this. But if you ever did, he'd be like, oh my god, don't ever meet me. <laughs> 
Oh, amazing. <laughs> I want you to be tastemaker now, Vic. This is your last track. Oh, and, no. And you get to tell people a song that you think they may not heard that you would like them to hear. Well, this came out a few months ago. Um, and the person featuring on the back, so it's CKY featuring Hank Von Howe from Turbo Negro, who died last year. I think it was last year. Uh, it's called Fuck Shit Help. <laughs> um, in a weird way, it just makes me happy, this song. And it's also, it's, it's a bit of sadness because it was obviously released after he was died. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, Jess Margera from CKY, I think he put it on Instagram and said, we're releasing this now. This was the last song he did. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love it. And I, I just think more people need to hear it. <laughs> like, honestly, it's, you kind of, I do this in the car and I listen to it. I kind of like bop my head along to it because it's, it's, it's just a nice little song. <laughs> Lovely. That's, that's kind of what, you've just nailed that. And it's like, you want people to hear it, you know? Because, yeah. and, and that's the, the very essence of that question, Vic. So what we do is we, we put a little Spotify playlist together that allow yep. uh, that track and all of the tracks you've chose. Yeah. And uh, so people can go and go and listen to it. It's, um, it's good. <laughs> it, it, it is. I've, I've listened to all of your picks, uh, obviously ahead of, of this recording. And, yeah. uh, and it was, yeah, it, it, it's an absolute banger and, and one of the greatest titles of a song ever. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I thought that. That's one of the reasons I love it as well. But you do, I just feel like you just bop your head to it. Like you just, and it makes me smile in the car. Like it's just, you're just bopping your head side to side. I know no one can see that, but it's just, <laughs> it just makes me happy. Good. And it's, yeah, that's it. That's the whole point of that song. And that's and I think the whole point of music. People need to hear about that. I need people. People need to hear this song. Like <laughs> absolutely, and people need to keep up to speed with what you're doing and find out all about your comedy. So, if people want to do that, Vic, where's the best place yeah. to keep up to speed? Um, probably with Instagram you? at the moment. Um, Vicky Delirious Comedy, and yeah, there are things coming up. I've because I'm starting to do more event planning as well, which I'm excited about. Um, so I MC tattoo conventions. So that's, I've got lots of tattoo conventions coming up, which I love. I haven't really talked about that, but has already come up today. But yeah, everything's on my Instagram mainly. I mean, oh, Facebook as well. I've got a pro page, Vicky Delirious Comedy. It's all on there. It's the same for everything. Lovely. Well, Vic, um, if it's cool with you, we'll tag you in everything when this comes out. Yeah, that's brilliant. So people can go and find you if they haven't done already. Uh, Vic, I've had the best time. Do you know what? I've been I've been so excited about this. And I know I'd put a post up and I think you liked it and uh, on Facebook and I, I'm, I'm going to do this before they realise I'm an absolute fraud. And I just, the, the absolute calibre of guests you've had on. And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm thinking delirious. No one knows me, but that's okay. Love it. Love it. Right, I'm going to press stop. Vic, don't go okay. anywhere. Don't All go right. anywhere. <laughs> There you go. How amazing. Oh, how lovely is Vic? What a great chat. Hope you all really enjoyed that. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because, uh, yeah, it was a cracker. And uh, nice to talk metal. Don't really get to talk metal very often. So it was good to uh, to talk about some, some metal. It's great to talk Frank Turner, always. And, uh, yeah, and a little bit of BAM. It's always good to talk about BAM and skateboarding. Uh, right. 
I'm done. I'll be back next time. In the meantime, as mentioned at the beginning, hundreds of episodes available for free. Uh, if you like your metal, then uh, and you like Frank Turner, go and check out my episode with Frank Turner. That's a great chat. Um, and if you like comedians, then uh, I've had some absolute great comedians on. I've had Maisie Adam, uh, Jade Adams, um, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Rich Wilson. Oh, blimey. I've had a lot of comedians on, and uh, and they're all ace chats. So go enjoy them all for free now. I'm back next time. Love you lots. See you later. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,